1: That's blue Welcome to another episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained, a paranormal podcast where we take a weekly dive into the mysteries that only us can solve. I am your host, Annie, and it is my week to mm, shed a little light on a mystery that has been confusing the world since 1993. But a little bit about that later on, I want to introduce you to the first man in Ireland to grow his own candles in his back garden. His name is William O'Hanlon. Hello,
2: Anne Marie. It is me filling in today for William. <laughs> Aye, oh, hi, today
1: hi. we today we have the watcher. And what kind of hokey pokey potions have you been making in your cauldron this week, William?
2: I have been making up a lotion that I can smear all over you <laughs> to disfigure you, Annie, so I won't have to look at your face anymore. <laughs>
1: will's day job is making candles and i think it's gas um thanks so much to all the support you guys gave us on the week off there i tell you one thing there was more people having breakdowns last week when we took a week off that it actually has made me feel like we can never quit this job even though it's breaking our souls and bank balances we can't quit will we just can't quit
2: There was, and it did seem like that we were gone for seven months as opposed to a week. I think we entered into some sort of time warp and I can't get my head around it, to be honest with you. But listen, we're back.
1: We're back. And
2: the fear of having to have an episode ready for next week is gripping (laughs) me already. You don't understand, listeners, the fear, the fear.
1: (laughs) And I've also realised during that week off that you guys are literally the only thing holding this very, very fragile relationship together because we didn't really talk to each other for a week there.
2: Uh, We we did. uh, (laughs) We actually talked (laughs) practically every second to third day. You're like, if we don't talk at least once a week, you're like, you're off with me. (laughs) Or once a day.
1: I'm kind of one of those paranoid friends though like that even when I haven't done anything wrong I'd be like she's awful tick with me now like she's not after calling me there and I wouldn't mind I am, I am the worst for getting in touch with people like I am so bad so you know but then when anyone does it to me I'm like oh she's awful tick with me now what am I after doing and I'd be literally racking my brains to try think like what have I said to like Is that just that Irish Catholic guilt thing Is just my default mode.
2: Yeah yeah I understand what you mean by that but there is a good few things that you have done actually now Well, that you say that
1: <laughs> please write so. them down and call them out at the end like, of no the problem, show no
2: problem.
1: <laughs> we are back this week with an absolute humdinger and it's one of these ones that i'm like i, I kind of had to check myself because there's so many episodes and there's so many on the patreon i'm like did we did i do this story before because it's one of the biggest ones out there um and then uh when i saw a picture of this young woman's beautiful face I was like, I would not forget that face. I have not investigated this woman's story before. And it is a beauty, an absolute beauty. And it is the Kelly Cahill encounter. Now, I know that you're going to know a little bit about this, William.
2: When you sent me over the story there for a few seconds ago for me, for my lines to say, I was like, why is she sending me a picture of Kirsten Dunst from a 1980s movie?
1: <gasps> oh, my God. Or something. Isn't she... The image. I sent Will his script. Yes, a lot of this is improv, lads, because Will never knows what I'm going to show his way. We don't want, we don't like him to know what the story is coming because he has a very short attention span. So if you gave him the words to read there a few hours ago, he'd be literally after falling asleep somewhere with a cup of coffee in his yeah, hand.
2: Yeah, I'm a numpty. I wear nappies and
1: everything. I'm
2: going to kill you. <laughs>
1: I sent him a beautiful photo of this woman that was actually from her book, Encounter, that was published in 1996. Six. Thank you. Thank you, research assistant. In 1996, she is the image of Kirsten Dunst and actually the spitting image out of Kirsten Dunst in the Netflix show, How to Become a God in Central Florida. Is that what it's called?
2: Oh, yeah, which is brilliant. And I'm hoping they'll do a second season, but they won't, will they now? Because the
1: pandemic ruined everything. She's got that 90s hair. What do you call that kind of ni- what do you call that haircut will? Uh that haircut I don't know but you, like in
2: America a blow dry is called a blow out but in Ireland and this part of the world I would call that a blow out.
1: A blow out. Yeah like up and out and very very layered. Blonde yeah, and volume, very very layered. All of
2: back of the face curved <laughs> down by the shoulder blonde. Back off the face.
1: Yeah, shoulder pads. I can see shoulder pads on her here. A lot of gold jewelry. A beautiful girl, actually. Beautiful girl. Stunning.
2: Stunning. Stunning. I'm going
1: to put a picture up on the Facebook for you guys to see. There, it'll be up on our Facebook page, which is Mysteries of the Unexplained. You can see this beautiful girl. But just keep keep a young Kirsten Dunst with a very very farfetchedy kind of blowout in your yeah. mind as you listen to this story. This is called Encounter. Kelly Cahill was a young mother of three. Nothing extraordinary had happened to her in her short life and things of a paranormal nature were the last thing on her mind this night as she and her husband made their way along a remote road in the foothills of the Dandedongs. The Dandenongs? Victoria, Australia, on the way to their friend's house. What happened next was at first too frightening to remember until it became too huge to forget According to Miss Cahill she and her then husband Andrew were driving along the Belgrave Hallam Road in Victoria on that fateful winter's night in 1993 They were en route to a friend's house when Miss Cahill saw in a paddock a row of five or six large orange lights in a distinct circular shape like nothing she had ever seen before She tried to convince her husband of what she had just seen but he didn't take her seriously and they continued on their evening's visit. But on their way home, things were to take an ominous turn, and her husband wouldn't have any trouble believing her after their ordeal. What would you say if I was driving along the road, and I was like, oh, over in that field there, Will, you were driving, hands at ten and two, gripping the steering wheel out of anxiety, and I was like, i just seen a thing over in the field there, like nothing human I've ever seen in my life. What, What would you say to me?
2: I'd have absolutely no pass on it because it's you. It's your, you'd be getting these orange lights mixed up with the moon. And, you know, like I'd be like, is there lovely? Would you turn on the radio up full, please? I, I would have no pass whatsoever on you saying that.
1: Never listens to a word I say. Well, after this, I'd be coming around and I would be making you eat those bitchy words because this is what happens an excerpt from her 1996 book. Will, if you will take the stage,
2: please. My stage direction is Will, blonde Australian, kind of sexy. (laughs) I presume woman, you mean.
1: (laughs) We don't like to categorise here on Mysteries of the Unexplained. Please continue.
2: We were driving back down the road in the same stretch, both of us, just me and my husband. We both saw this ring in front of us. Hovering above the raid It was just something sitting there I couldn't tell what it was We were at first far away But as we got closer It just sort of well It wasn't like the orange light in the field It It was round shape With some sort of glass around Windows and lights around the bottom because it was dark, we couldn't really tell at first. But as we got closer and closer, it was there was no noise and or anything. Even my husband was going, "You're right. You did right. That's something that's very, very strange." He said to me, "My name is Kelly Cahill, and I'm Australian, and I've got the accent down to a T right now. And I su- and I swear we saw people in there." And then, just as I said to him, I swear there's people in there. I swear it. It just shot off to the far left as fast as it could go. I mean, it just disappeared. Within a split second, it had gone. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you. you sound like one of those uh, kids that Irene Roberts on Home and Away like adopted back in the day before she turned them into an upstanding citizen like when they were a terror. oh yeah that's she did you God's work God's moment. work after a life of alcoholism I don't, she's a saint Saint Irene Roberts We kept driving and about a kilometre ahead I'm trying to do it now all of a sudden there's this really bright light in front of us and I've got my hands up
2: and <laughs> oh, no, I'm going English. <laughs> no, I will not let you ruin my flawless accent there now, by you coming in and pretend to be me. How dare you? We, we kept driving and about a kilometre ahead, all of a sudden there was this really, really bright light in front of us and I've got my hand up above of my brow to look out the window because it was just that bright. I couldn't see anything. I said to my husband, what are we going to do? I'm gonna keep driving, he said to me. He said, Kelly, <laughs> we're gonna keep driving. I said, Okay. <laughs> from there it is th- <laughs> from there, that is the last we remembered until I knew I was going to see a UFO, you know. I just knew because of what I had seen. I'd seen it twice in the night and that, and he had seen it once, and the adrenaline was pumping and the heart was pumping. I'm so excited, and all of a sudden I'm sitting in the car, and I say to my husband, I said, what happened? No, I said, what has happened? And he said, Kelly, I don't even know what's happened. I think it's a UFO. I say, you joking me? Have we just seen a UFO? And he said, Kelly, I think we have. Because he's a little bit from Northumberland, you see, that crept in at the end. And he says to me, I don't know. We must have gone around the corner, something. <laughs> <laughs> or something. He's,
1: he's Mancunian just he's there the for, when Thumba. he's said something.
2: <laughs> he's, he lived in Northumber for a couple of years. <laughs> right. And then when it been, by the time we got home, oh, Jesus, so difficult. By the, the time we got home, he was sure of everything. But at that time, he didn't know what happened What happened either. I kept thinking and said to my husband, I must have had a blackout because the adrenaline just doesn't disappear in a split second like that. <laughs> I'm also from Northumberland. It comes in a bit at the end. We lived there for about a year, you see. One thing that really annoyed me was that I could smell vomit. No, that I could smell vomit. <laughs> I could clearly, I couldn't figure out where the smell of vomit was coming from. Really fright. It really f- put the willies in me. <laughs> I feel like I'm interviewing us this woman. This is such a weird episode.
1: Go on, there's only another little bit. There's
2: Your story. Just... I'm basically saying your story. Stumping
1: it. You're stomping it. Go on, you great guy.
2: We argued about this halfway home until I started. It's, it started getting just ridiculous, if you ask me, and I ended up just shutting up to stop all the fighting that was going on and coming out of this UFO encounter, you know, because we were fighting like c- cats and dogs. As we were getting close to home, about 20 minutes away from where we live, I saw the figure standing on the side of the road. It was tall and dark figure, and it, I, he was absolutely gorgeous. And I think his name was William O'Hanlon, but I never saw him again. I think he lives <laughs> in Ireland. It was only for a couple of <laughs> it was only for a couple of seconds, and I didn't relate to anything until much later on at all. But it made my head turn, and but I couldn't get it out of my mind. He was just so stunning. <laughs>
1: I feel like we are doing or you were doing single-handedly to the Australian accent what Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan did to the Irish accent in Wild Mountain Time. So oh, sorry, 100%. Australian. I, 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 we, 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 oh, 100 Oh, wait, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. I, <laughs> just say.
2: Sorry. So you get me to do an Australian accent and then you read me to filth and apologise for my accent to the whole of Australia after you made me
1: read out your story. Mm-hmm. Well, I just realised on CastBox there, Will, that we did have a little complaint during the week there. Um, some American.
2: Got... Sorry, thunder cunt. Annie.
1: Sorry, some thunderconching American got it up, got her tits up because she said that we were doing really bad American accents, which we do. Which <laughs> I we, don't which know she is
2: correct. If you've
1: realised that that is absolutely correct, and that's what that's what we do. That I is mean, in fact
2: the crux of the show.
1: We are not, we are not auditioning for a Harold Pinter play, love. We're doing a free podcast. So stick it up your fucking arse. Yeah? Oh my God.
2: The language of no, I'm just going to say that. I
1: don't care. I'm just going to say it. Sue me if you want. I've got nothing. Oh. So what, what happened afterwards? Well, Kelly and her husband, who sound like they have a very dysfunctional marriage, by the way, because they yeah. do nothing but kill each other, kill each other. And her husband agreed that they had saw a UFO, but they could not agree on the feeling Kelly had had of experiencing a blackout or missing time and seeing other people. They could both smell vomit, but neither had remembered being sick. Kelly thought that they had left their friend's house much earlier and the time they got home would mean that there was over an hour of time that was unaccounted for. Her husband, however, maintained that they left later and that the timelines just about matched up. They each... Unexplained stomach pain. Later after they got home, Kelly experienced unusual bleeding and eventually she entered the hospital with a womb infection. The doctors there said that she must have been pregnant. Either that or she had had some kind of gynecological procedure. In fact, she had had neither in recent times. A strange triangular mark was also found on her abdomen, along with a scar so this is apparently very true and there is medical records for this she did the next day end up having getting really sick with stomach pains and uh unusual bleeding i know you have that a lot will and i think that's why you're able to channel this woman so perfectly and she did end up going into hospital and they were like what did you have done and she was like nothing now how fucking fucked up would you be after that
2: Mm, yeah, that's very, very fucking weird, isn't wow. it? Wow.
1: Like, wow. She says she elaborates on this matter.
2: She certainly does. And so now <laughs> she'll have to go on again. <laughs> when I got home that night, that's when I found the triangular mark below my navel. With what I thought was a little... Leprost... <laughs> le- leprooscopy. Lepros- a little leproscopy cut. No, a little leproscopy, <laughs> a little less little leproscopy cut <laughs> or a cut. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! I'm gonna come down there and I'm gonna unclip that bun off your head and I'm gonna you around for making me do an Australian accent with what what with what I thought was a little leproscopy cut. And I also and I, and I also started bleeding that night. Three and a half weeks later, I ended up in hospital. And again, three weeks after that, and ending up ending to ha- and then endi- <laughs> sorry, there's typo here in my script. Roche, Somebody fix this.
1: Get your get here and fix this.
2: <laughs> fix this. And ended up having to have an investigation into the pain and unexplained bleeding.
1: A couple of weeks later, Kelly started to piece together everything that had happened, but there's still missing time that she just can't account for.
2: What we had actually done, we'd driven into the light, but the road curved and the light we thought was in front of us was actually to our right-hand side. It was in the field and it was massive, about the size of a house. So it was very, very big. You could have driven for five minutes and not... (laughs) had it out of your sight the whole time that's how big it was that's how I referenced things by driving and calculating minutes so if somebody asked me how, how big is something I say I say you'd have to drive for about two minutes to pass it out that's how big it is we're looking for a house that you'd have to drive for about 30 seconds to pass by that's the size we're looking in the market for that's how I describe things.
1: When you look at Daft, when you look at Daft to buy a house, you're like, how many minutes? Like, would that not just depend on the speed of the car and what gear you're yeah. in? I don't know. Like, the, yeah, But I suppose would. out in the Australian wilderness, there's not much other things to, you know, like there's not much landmarks and it's in the middle of the night. Leave yeah, the car alone. Still,
2: I still don't calculate distance and how long it takes me to drive past it in mm-hmm. the car.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having a sip of wine there and kind of ignoring your comments. Kelly and Great. her husband oh, had a clear going actually uh, <laughs>
2: drinking on the podcast and everything now, <laughs>
1: it's been a tough week. Kelly and her husband had a clear, uninterrupted view of, of a craft of considerable size. She asked him to stop the car and they both got out. Kelly remembered leaning back in to the floor to pick up her handbag because she didn't go anywhere without her handbag.
2: <laughs> I am carrying you on this episode. <laughs> and that's one of the sort of things that triggered off a lot of these memories. Doing that by picking up my bag, which was very expensive. I actually got it in a very expensive <laughs> store, and the store is quite big as well. You'd have to drive for about two seconds to pass the store. But anyway, the other thing was telling myself, "You were conscious. This is real. This is happening." I said to myself, "Kelly, this is real. This is
1: happening, Kel." I'd be bringing my handbag with me as well, my, my, my penny's handbag. Kelly remembers that they then crossed over the road and jumped the gutter and continued to walk towards the light. She remembers notably that she looked down the road and there was another car, a light blue car, pulled up. She remembers people got out and went across the road, perhaps two of them, maybe three. But as you can imagine, she couldn't give them her full attention.
2: All of a sudden, there was this black figure on the field. It was about s- seven foot tall. I knew it was really tall at the time because you'd have to, if you were driving <laughs> your car into space, it would take you about <laughs> two minutes to pass it. So, d- distance-wise, it was about two minutes if you were driving your car, and it was vertical. If you understand what I'm I'm saying, I don't work. I, I don't work in feet.
1: For Kelly, this is quite startling. I'm sure it was, Kel. She still somehow expected to see a human being, but she immediately knew that this thing in front of her was far from human. Its eyes seemed to turn to a red fire.
2: Right, you're going to have to bear with me because this sounds really, really silly. It sounds absolutely <laughs> typical, Kelly, but right, it sounds really stupid, but it had big, round, red eyes like huge f- flies' eyes, like a fly. <laughs> But big, like a human fly eye. It was very weird. And they were red, like, not the reflection of red, but, but like, burning red, like fluorescent stoplight... Stoplight sign. (laughs) Fluorescent stoplights. I suppose (laughs) that kind of real burning red, like devil eye red. (laughs) She,
1: She then remembers suddenly screaming to her husband...
2: They've got no (laughs) souls. That's what I said to me. I said to him, I said, they've stuck on it. Oh, my God. I turned to my husband and I was screaming at the top of my voice. I said to him, they've got no souls. He said, Kel, what do you mean? I said, they've got no souls.
1: (laughs) Suddenly, there were heaps of them in the field. Not just one. A whole heap of them, and they started coming towards the couple. Faster than a man could run, and they were gliding off the ground. They got halfway across the field, then they split up. Some of them went towards the other people, two or three, Kelly thought, and some of them came towards them. Kelly found herself screaming to the other people down the road.
2: They're evil. They're going to kill us. Like, they're going to kill us, I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs)
1: At least I've got my hand big The next thing she remembers was a feeling of a mighty blow to her stomach And then she was thrown right back onto the ground She sat up, feeling disorientated and realising she could no longer see anything at all Everything had gone black She started screaming her husband's name Then she heard his voice saying Let go of me And then another voice said, We don't
2: mean you any harm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This alien has an Australian accent, just so they can understand him. My husband replied,
2: Why did you hit Kel then? Why'd you hit her? That is the last I heard of my husband. I kept screaming until I heard this voice next thing I heard him say,
1: Would somebody do something about her?
2: This is getting absolutely out of control. (laughs) And I felt a hand touch my shoulder. It wasn't hard. It was quite gentle. That's when I absolutely cracked. I'm sitting still on the ground and I couldn't see a thing. But I made sure that my eyes were just fierce. Absolutely fierce. Something snapped in me. Before that, I was crying. All of a sudden, something snapped in me, and I got so angry, like really angry, like the time when somebody ripped my handbag and it was I had to get the strap fixed. Then I started screaming out, How dare you do this to these innocent people? <laughs> Next thing I remember, I was sitting in the car, and after all this, I've still got loads of missing
1: time. When she found herself sitting in the car... Her last memory was of driving into the light. For years after the encounter, Kelly would experience weird and vivid dreams in which she revisits the site of the encounter. There are tall hooded figures in black with glowing eyes of fire. She experiences a sucking sensation as if something is being taken out of her. Initially, Kelly interpreted the being as like a soul vampire or the grim reaper, Initially she did not place this incident in a UFO context since the memories had yet to resurface. She consistently felt as if she were being lifted out of the bed by force, grabbed by the legs as if something were trying to perform a procedure on her. There was also a remembrance of a particular vibration or frequency that was intense and overwhelming. Now at this time there were other strange occurrences in this particular area of Australia. From the July through the September 1993, small orange fireballs about the size of tennis balls frequently hit the windows of their house. Kelly, her husband, and her mother witnessed the phenomena. Kelly also had experienced a vision of opening their back door and seeing an extremely bright light for a few seconds. Then she blacked out. Kelly experienced the same sense of power she felt in that field in August 1993. After the encounter, the cattle house had been the scene of fleeting observations of tall shadows seen both by Kelly and her husband. Also, a bad smell occasionally permeated the house and seemed to move around. This is all like if you were like opening the back door to a flash of like what seemed like lightning and blacking out. She'd be then being like, oh, yeah, that just happened. Like, that's normal. Like, and oh, there's these weird tall shadows around the house there. You're like, oh, sitting there watching telly. There's another one, Andrew. Just went past the door there again. Like, I would be gone. I would be after emigrate. I'd be gone on a plane. I'd be like, no, bye bye. I'm, I'm not hanging around here for this crack.
2: Well, there is actually a UFO theory that fits this that I'll explain at the end that might fit.
1: <gasps> if the August eight encounter had revolved only around Kelly it could have been argued that the experience may have been some sort of psychological episode but the presence of other witnesses a married couple and their friend they were the three people in the other car that she did see plus a possible other observer in a third car forcefully argues for a real encounter indeed Paranormal Research Australia contends that the focus of the incident was not on Kelly but on the other two women now, in that car, there were two women and one of their husbands, whose name was Bill, the male witness in the trio. But he appears, like Kelly's husband, to have only had limited involvement. The two women in the other car consciously recalled onboard episodes. They remembered the UFO and the tall black beings. Their description did not feature the red eyes that Kelly saw. For these three, the experience apparently started when they approached the site. They could hear a strange noise and suddenly felt very ill. Bill was driving and thought he was about to faint. He lost control of the car and ran off the road, striking a pole. After checking for damage, they drove off. A few minutes later, a speeding car with its high beams on shot past them. Then another passed. They then came to a bridge with a sharp turn following it almost immediately. Further along this section, the trio stopped. As all this was going on, Bill's vision was impaired. Obviously, he had some type of vision as he was driving, but he was unable to remember seeing the UFO. The two women with him recall the the UFO clearly, and their descriptions closely match Kelly's. In some unexplained manner, Bill was isolated from the central experience. He has conscious recall of smells and sounds and remembers that a lot of activity was going on, but he does not recall seeing anything. He subsequently underwent hypnosis, which expanded his apparent recollections to seeming onboard components, but once again, these were through the senses of smell and hearing only. The two women did not think of theirs as an abduction experience. They felt as if they had exercised free will all throughout it. Yet the principal element of their onboard experience was a form of examination, not, however, visually remembered. I'd be like, um, sorry, if I ended up on an alien spaceship, or somehow after tricking you into thinking you 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 got an invite in the post and accepted it, like you RSVP'd to this fucking thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> I be like I oh, know, sir. I don't think I did. I think the I think you got your invites mixed up there. You're like, no, that was totally my own will. I wanted to do that. I absolutely yeah.
2: always want. It's kind of weird. It's kind of got a weird spiritual element that they were like on this kind of like that they wanted to be a part of this experience type thing or
1: something. I Very know. weird. and it's really, it's really, it's kind of weird as well because Kelly in her book, she said that she felt that she had somehow almost aligned herself with this kind of thing even though like paranormal stuff was not really in her like wheelhouse but she... Was actually quite religious in her own way. She wasn't like a devout Catholic or anything, but she studied the Bible and actually had a a Bible in the car that night. And she, in her book, um, I've read parts of it, says that she started saying like uh, prayers and call it, you know, like started um, saying father this and that and the other. And like the aliens were like smirking at her and laughing with her. And they were just like, ah ha ha ha, like you and your Bible kind of a thing. So she feels like there was something in her, like, spiritual life that, like, it made her end up there as well, which was super interesting.
2: Yes, that's so interesting because the theory that I was saying earlier on that I was going to say to you mm-hmm. is that UFOs are actually demonic creatures. <gasps> and there's one theory and the School of Thought with that now. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer doesn't believe that. He thinks that that's all uh, disinformation. But... Yeah, that's interesting when you bring up the Bible thing that they were kind of like, oh, and that why I decided to bring that up is because you said about the bad smells and stuff and bad smells of like um, rotten eggs and things like that. Now, I don't know what type of smell it was that they smelled, but (gasps) uh, are always connected with like a demonic being and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, maybe there is some sort of otherworldly demonic ufos that are well maybe they're posing as ufos
1: that is so interesting she says in the book she says i can't believe that i started screaming like they have no souls but the minute that she saw them she started saying they have no souls they have no souls as in like that was the first thing that came into her mind and she said that they were like um that there was this kind of sarcastic Mm. like like tell telepathic kind of thought like sent to her as in like ha 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 like oh you and your holy father and all this kind of thing but she just kept saying her prayers over and over again and she kept I guess she was trying to protect herself For you know if you have any kind of spiritual belief or whatever she's trying to protect herself yeah. from what was going to happen because she knew it was going to be really bad but um yeah it was always you know, re- just a really interesting element and about the bad mm-hmm. I never put that together because in all the demon shows that we like a lot of the demon shows that we've done. There has been that like kind of rotten eggs in your wall kind of thing going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. If they came true. down to your house, I tell you what, they'd get some shock. They'd say there's some fucking demons hanging out in here. If
2: they came to your bedroom, I'd say in the middle of the night, they'd be like the smell out of this sun, <laughs> rotten eggs. So oh, there must be demons. Oh, no, it's just her bells.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I've now got night protection underwear. Thank you. The entities did not speak and provided very little information. Neither woman saw any of the other humans while in the alien environment, presumably aboard the UFO. Curiously, each was still aware of what was happening to her companion, ostensibly through psychic means. The trio apparently did not have the complex background experiences described by Kelly. That's some of the stuff that we were talking about just there. Mm. their experience seemed limited only to this encounter so kelly went on to write her own book it's actually i've read you can actually get chapters of it online um but this information is taken from the black vault uh website where this is uh her account is up for everybody to see um she went on to write about it and in october 1994 john oshettle and uh, Paranormal Research Australia whose investigative thoroughness is to be commended says the writer from the Black Vault uh, released a comprehensive report of the affair. In this emotionally explosive area it's easy for people to get caught up in the less than satisfactory situations while they attempt to understand extraordinary experiences. So a few people uh, and another another guy from the UFO Investigation Centre spoke mm. to her quite quickly. They alerted um, pheno- oh it's Phenomenal research Australia but it looks like they were pretty let down by the way the PRA looked into this and they they weren't very forthcoming in release and findings from their investigation and when they did it was kind of summarised and not too deep and stuff and because this case is very unusual in that there, there were more than one party involved like there was there were three cars in the vicinity that apparently did report all the stuff we've said we're not too sure about the third guy or whether it can actually be verified but there apparently the other two cars said that there was another car in the vicinity. The stories from the second car at the three that we were talking about d- did seem to really match up with Kelly's story as in the timeline where exactly where this had happened and let's remember like Australia is a vast country like it's absolutely huge so for these people to be in this exact travel along this road and experience this uh, one time mm. is very unusual it's usually just one or two people together that kind of experience this kind of a thing um, but according to PRA the women all had the same Triangular marks around their navels, as well as other strange marks on their body. I, I actually have submitted to Will here uh, a drawing that Miss Cattle did. Now I don't think that she'd gone to art school. This is not a very uh, thorough drawing at all. <laughs>
2: it's basically, it's basically an oval with two circles in it. <laughs>
1: Uh, so I of course wanted to find out what happened to Kelly like she hmm. went on TV shows when the book came out there was a load there was a big media storm about her Um, she she went on a lot of shows and stuff she wrote the book the book went out of print a few years later and now apparently it's quite expensive to buy that book online and uh she apparently left the country a few years later. She couldn't put up with all the shit that was happening to her anymore and all the people calling to her house and stuff like that. So apparently she left the country for a amount of years but has returned to live in pretty much the exact area that this has happened in but shies away from the press. Uh, with no information on what she's doing these days or, or what happened to her. But apparently she always maintained the story of what she wrote in the book. But I always think like all these years later, how would your... How would your thoughts about what happened? I'm not uh, t- change as time goes on. Like it would be very easy to convince yourself mm. that you were that you just had an episode wouldn't it
2: well as time goes on i think it probably the whole thing would co- become a bit muted but yeah. then again if it was very traumatic it would yeah. obviously stay with you and i think that kind of weeds out the bullshit from the truth um because you kind of yeah. find that people that make up stories or end up being frauds and stuff their story changes a lot over time or it comes you know yeah a bit more sensational and all this stuff than what the original story was so yeah like i don't know it depends on i don't know what she'd say about it now i suppose we don't have any up-to-date interviews where
1: no no there's not there's nothing in the latter years she seems to have just like cut off all kind of um public visibility altogether
2: kelly's been missing for 20 (laughs) years eh? i know
1: i know or imagine imagine (laughs) that it happened again to her or whatever but I, I found it interesting about the husband because she said um, as they were going that night that, and she said that she saw something, he was like, oh, fuck off, Kel. Like, yeah, you did in your arse, say <clears throat> something. And then uh, then on the way back, he was like, oh, holy God, it was. But their marriage didn't last. Actually, they did break up. I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could stay together through something like that. You'd be like, remember the night we were brought off in an alien spacecraft? <laughs> so like. yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't I be able think. to handle that I think I'd just Do be like, like. And we'll just leave this here because I feel like I'm going insane whenever we sit yeah. down for dinner because all I can think of is the red eyed aliens and the experience <laughs> we both had together <laughs> yeah I wouldn't I would have to just be like we'll call this a day now because I just want to pretend that I imagined this
1: yeah. and uh,
2: it wasn't real
1: I know, no, it's too, it's too hard, lads. But, you know, we're going to have to leave Kelly where she is now because I tell you something. We have had an unprecedented, unprecedented oh response to the Ask Will Anything section this week. Oh and I'm geez. afraid that it's that time of the week. again. <laughs> And ask Willie anything. Ah, I am just scrolling through my Facebook to get down to the bottom of all these millions of questions that you guys wrote. I'm still scrolling. Yes, I'm still scrolling. Somebody's jealous. <laughs> very jealous. You were like a rat jumping
2: around, very jealous.
1: All right, Deborah K. Lambert Finch asks, how do you tell a seven-year-old where babies come from when you already told him to ask his mom and she is out and he won't shut up?
2: Oh, my God. Well, he keeps on asking where did babies come from.
1: Yeah, and she's not his mom, like, and his mom isn't there. And he keeps going, well, but where did he come from? Oh but where did it go but 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 where do they I just be
2: like it's a secret but your mum knows and you'll have to ask her instead. Now let's watch this Disney film, okay? <laughs> the art of misdirection
1: I'm totally up for that. Another reason why I'm not actually yeah. a parent because you can't just deflect those questions onto somebody else. Sean Ellis says, Dearest William, how do you like your chips? Plain? With ketchup, with mayo, with salt and pepper. With malt vinegar, oh, you posh bastard, Sean, or a combination thereof. Oh, well, how do you like your...
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns.
2: Thanks so much for your question. A very, very good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like my chips with a combination of ketchup, mayo, malt vinegar. No, sorry, that's a lie. That's a lie. I like them with a combination usually of just salt and malt vinegar. Oh. Um, And then sometimes I'll have a little bit of ketchup or else I'll have a little bit of mayonnaise if there's no ketchup and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I would not be putting pepper on them. Who puts pepper on their chips? If you're listening and you do that, There's something wrong with you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, vinegar all the way, though. Like vinegar out the door. vinegar all the way. Yeah, vinegar all the way. Carlos Callazzo says, Willow Han, you know, a lot of food-based questions this week. What is your favourite cheese? Mm -hmm.
2: Oh, my favourite cheese. Mm. Mmm. I do love Parmesan. I have to, uh, um, or what, I can never pronounce this. I'm so bad for, like, pronunciation. Aren't I, Annie? I'm terrible. Yeah. It's, what is that? Um, uh, halloumi, halloumi I like, and then there's M- emmental or something.
1: Emmental, or... emmental.
2: Yeah, emmental. I love the two of those yeah. melted emmental oh. cheese is gorgeous.
1: It is also Dave's favorite cheese, and I also always get it mixed up with edam when I'm in the thing, and I'm like, is it edam or emmental? in edam or emmental? No, I always I, always I, pick I actually one,
2: love, I actually love loads of different types of cheese. I love brie. Oh my god, I love brie. You're like cheesy. I... Yeah,
1: you're a cheesy person.
2: I could actually just, like, eat brie all day.
1: Oh really so It's bad. Oh it's very strong Oh no no oh, no no I love it
2: Blue cheese I'd have some of that as well
1: I know I saw Actually, it I, I saw it in your underpants board. That time I saw it in your underpants Oh Will wants a cheese board For what Christmas What was the now, chocolate lads. You were
2: eating It was in your knickers
1: <laughs> um, Will wants a cheese board For Christmas It will be up On our Amazon wish list Janique Leslie Calderon Says Will What is the worst thing You have ever smelled Fucking brie Janique What is the worst thing You've ever smelled And what or who put?" you you in that situation I would also like to say that she says welcome back Annie thank you Janique you're my (laughs) favourite
2: Janique the worst smell I've ever smelled was um, oh my gosh it was 2016 I was living in Lennox Street, Portobello, with a lady called Anne Marie Gann. I walked into her room to say goodnight to her. <laughs> I opened the door. And as I entered the room, a thick cloud of noxious gas hit my face, which landed me on the floor. Uh, I convulsed and vomited in the hallway. I then proceeded to <laughs> crawl back to my bedroom and passed out on my bed only to wake up in the morning um, to wonder if said incident actually happened or not. <laughs> um, that was the worst experience. What, I, I what was it?
1: I don't know. What was that smell?
2: Uh, just, you. Uh, I think you were after letting a few off tucked up in your bed <laughs> and I had walked in and not long after you had let a few off.
1: Mm, that room, in fairness, had very bad ventilation, i.e., none. So, Marie Newman Lothian says, Will, did you miss us as much as we missed you? Mm, uh, <laughs> it's so cute. Well, you're
2: laughing, Annie. I did. I actually genuinely did miss his. Uh, and it's really weird because uh, obviously there's people that listen to the show. And uh, it's kind of I always find it really awkward To know that people listen to the show I don't know why I know Um, But anyway What I'm trying to say is I I would love to like Have some sort of like Video Like Zoom thing with you guys But I have to say In if I did that, I'd be so shy for a few minutes. I'd have to have a few drinks and then I'd probably yeah. be a bit more chatty. I think I this think is like the
1: thing that people don't realise about you, you're actually quite a shy person. Like yeah, I you're am. actually quite a shy Like person. if you
2: if we did this would never happen, but if we did like a live show uh, like I'd be able to oh, do the show. Oh, number one, you'd have to
1: be carried in on a stretcher. No, I'd like, be able to be do the show. Stretcher.
2: No, I'd yeah. be able to do the show and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be anxious or nervous because I think I'd just be like, oh yeah, sure, they listen to it and they know what they're getting. Um but afterwards, after the show, if we were having like drinks and like meeting you guys, I would be so kinda quiet and like weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm kinda that's... one of these
2: people that takes a while before I actually open up with a new person, aren't I?
1: want? And if you don't open up soon, it will actually grow over. It will actually grow over. Kyra May says, oh what is your alter, what's your alter ego's name and backstory? Oh, is this like a kind of um a Sasha Fierce kind of a question?
2: Mm. Well, I never named the person. I, I, I think it's probably my alter ego is probably female in nature. Um, But I'm thinking that her name could actually be Janique.
1: We love that name. Love that name. It's very bougie.
2: Love it. Um, could actually be Jenny, and uh, her backstory. She um, was just always so gorgeous. Um, she <laughs> she's American as well, and she um, won homecoming queen um, in her school. She's, like very popular in school. Um, she kept her virginity until later years. Uh, she has a banging body. Um, not tans very easily and um,
1: hair extensions to the floor no
2: doesn't need them because her hair is actually quite thick and nice I am thinking that she's kind of like Taylor Swift vibes but uh, tans a bit Oh, sorry Annie this is so my sweet. section don't you dare you oh, not speak
1: I was just I was just exhaling was just exhaling Amanda Langton says sage something for omelettes cowboys or ghosts also if I cook my Thanksgiving turkey with sage would it make my home smell delicious and inviting to living guests but nasty and unwelcoming two dead ones oh that's
2: a good one i probably yeah I think you hit the nail on the head there it probably would the ghosts wouldn't be liking it the humans would be liking it now I have to say with sage not a big fan of it sometimes I think it smells actually like uh sweat sweat I don't know why it
1: is um, it has a very I sage my house
2: oh it makes me feel sick as well oh does it it's very strong it makes me feel sick when I say it, Yeah,
1: because you're an actual fucking demon. Denise Gallagher says, have you fully recovered from your dose?
2: I have. I have. Thanks very much for your concern, Denise. I have recovered from the dose. Um, I genuinely thought I had COVID at the beginning of it. And I was just like, oh, here we fucking go. It's the way out now. But um, I didn't. Thank God. And uh, yeah, I'm over it now. Um, And unfortunately, I take after my dad who, uh, when we get like head colds and flus and stuff, get it very bad and feel like shite for ages. It really hits us. So maybe have some sort of genetic thing there. I don't know.
1: Well, you've got plenty of them, love. And finally, finally, Kayla Richardson says, on the pages after, oh yeah, Kayla Richardson says, what is something you've always wanted to do but have been afraid to try? I think somebody asked you something kind of like this before. I don't know. What, what What is it, Will? What what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I'd
2: love to learn how to fly a plane. I'd love to take pilot lessons. Oh. Um. But I don't think I'm, well... Maybe that's a lie that I'm saying that I'm afraid of that. I wouldn't be actually afraid of it, but I just know it would be very expensive. Um, probably a fear. Okay, right. No, a fear would be like to abseil down a fucking really tall cliff or something. <gasps> like I've got really bad fear of of heights, but you know, in a heights as in like a like an airplane, I'm grand. But you know, if I was on a zip line, yeah, if I was on a zip line, I'd fucking freak out if i had to walk over a bridge that had a glass floor in it freak out if i had to abseil down a cliff freak out in like that open space yeah if i had to look over a thing i just got all these intrusive thoughts where i'm just like if i go to if i go to a cliff like the cliffs of mohar i've been to them obviously and um if i look over the edge i'm in my, my head's like this Throw yourself off, as or push the woman beside you. <laughs> like, and I'm like, what? No. I then I have like severe anxiety until <laughs> we like, go back to the cafe and just be like, I'm normal. I'm normal. I'm normal. Um, or else I have like once. Once I went there with my ex-boyfriend, and he was like messing and like went to the right to the edge and was just like, you know, lying down and putting his arms over the edge and stuff. And I was just like intrusive thought. He's gonna fly off the edge and be dead, <laughs> like you know.
1: It's apparently those thoughts are very, very common. But do you remember the first time you ever had a thought like that? Like, because it's probably oh, when yeah, you are a kid and you have a thought like that, and you're like, "I'm, I'm going to be locked up in a jail. I'm going to be," and then you don't tell anyone about it, and then it gets worse and worse and worse, and then you think that you are actually after diagnosing yourself and you a psychopath.
2: <laughs> you kept it to yourself, did you? Jesus. Yeah. All that, this time, uh, the killer was born.
1: I'm sorry I'm going to have to cut off your rant there now Will because Roisin is running towards Oh, did you come back after the holidays well how'd you get you're looking gorgeous give me that file now give that to me yeah go on go on coffee break five minutes and a fag (laughs) horrified woman finds human finger inside burger from restaurant investigation launch boop 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 a horrified woman discovered a human finger inside a burger she was eating the unnamed woman was munching her way through her treat when she found the unexpected addition pictures of her horrifying find which happened at a restaurant in santa cruz bolivia (laughs) quickly went viral Mm, hmm Um, sorry It has been verified That the hamburger Has been sold In that establishment And that the hamburger Had part of a finger From a worker Who lost two fingers Last Friday
2: what? Jorge
1: Silva Deputy Minister Of Consumer Defence Told publication FA It later emerged That one of the workers At the meat grinding factory Which supplies burgers To the twenty restaurants In the area Had lost two fingers While operating A cutting machine He was immediately Taken to hospital But it appears At least one of his fingers was never recovered. At the time of the accident, the man was preparing up to 176 pounds of meat. It had been claimed that the batch was discarded after the incidents, but some of the produce—some of the produce—made its way through to the shop floor, where it ended up on the unlucky woman's plate. Bolivia's government has since opened an investigation into the incident. It will be managed by Mr. Silva. Don't be eating burgers to get fingers in them. This oh my has gosh. been Annie for Billy's bizarre news. Imagine a little pinky. Imagine a little pinky waving out at you. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs)
2: Yeah, Do you know what? At this point in the episode is when, like, of your week, this is when I actually start to get afraid of you. Like, I just (laughs) actually have a fear of you because you just showed a side of you, which is kind of unhinged and a (laughs) little. And I'm like, she's liable (laughs) to, like, pull a knife. <laughs> I'm glad of COVID that we don't have to do this face to face anymore.
1: It's because of this Billy's bizarre news thing, like mm. you know stuff like this. When I see the stuff that goes on in the world, it it just makes me go uh, like everything is so mental. How can you be a normal, well-adjusted person in this world? Like, <laughs> can, I, stop! stop I not
2: this segment. <laughs> As a fucking crutch for your <laughs> mental instability. Like as if it's
1: normal for me to
2: pick these stories and just stop I'm weird. It's totally normal, it's totally
1: normal. Oh, I have to go off now because um, I'm once again... You day...
2: always have to rush at the end. You rush, rush off and do something. I always I just have to have a camera on you like... I'm <laughs> going up to drink answers, tea. I'd say, I'd say you're like, bye, hey, bye. Camera goes off, laptop goes down. You scratch your boob for like (laughs) 10 minutes (laughs) Sniff your finger afterwards Then go get a cup of tea Then sit on the couch Dave goes to the bathroom and then Then Dave comes back What's that smell? And you're like, you know, can't smell anything What'll we watch now? Then put on a fucking series And then you're fogging it after five minutes
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's
2: what you're rushing off to do
1: all of that is true apart from the fogging it part because I have this <laughs> podcast to edit go on oh, and yeah. now you don't be slacking it next week you've loads of homework to do well you're back to work now and I don't want any of this kind of holiday blasé like you Excuse know ringing me? me for chats ringing me for chats and all the rest of it go off and do some research well, for yourself I fucking <laughs>
2: contact you into the legs for Gordon how about that you thank witch. you so
1: much for joining us you gorgeous people and don't miss us next week when we delve into more Mr. <laughs> nice the mysteries of the unknown,
2: explode and unexplored.